You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 288. Today, you're going to discover how working harder is actually keeping you broke. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for hanging out with me here today on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Happy Monday, assuming you're listening on Monday. We got a fantastic episode in store for you. This is a solo show. It's just me. I'm going to be talking about and making a case for why the harder you're working, no, you got to hustle and grind 15 hours a day. Why that is the actual number one thing that is preventing you from growing your business, making more money, and having a bigger impact. Whew, this is going to be a bit of a controversial one. Everyone's out there screaming in your face, telling you you're just not working hard enough. Isn't that the truth? That's the only reason why you don't have the results you want. It's because you're just not working hard enough. You know, double down, folks. Double down. So we're going to get into all that and more. It's going to be a good one. But by the way, first thing, we've had some amazing episodes recently with some extraordinary guests, have we not? So it's kind of like been a while since it's been just you and I, like just us alone. Uh, finally, you know, we get some you and me time. But we've had some incredible guests from Catherine Zinkina, Hal Elrod, Emily Aaron's returning guests back on the show. So if you haven't checked out the last couple of episodes, 285, 286, 287, you know, as soon as you're done with this one, just, just keep listening. Go backwards. I think you'll enjoy it. We've gotten some amazing feedback from those episodes. They are just freaking awesome. So we're going to get into this episode in a second, but I wanted to update you. For those of you who were following me on my stories, hanging out with me on the grams, then you would know that I just took my now annual tradition trip to Fiji. For seven days, I was hanging out on the island of Namotu, which is an island about the size of a football field or like the track around a football field. It's pretty small. It only fits 25 people. There's like a waiting list for like four to five years to get onto that island. And I just happen to know people who know people, you know, I know people. So uh, I've been able to get on and it's amazing. OMG, I'm going to just geek out with you for a moment. But the first thing is that I'm very intentional to unplug. That trip for me is a very intentional do-nothing trip. Well, I mean, do-nothing work and business-wise, which kind of ties perfectly into today's episode. But I was only on my phone to like capture some Instagram stories. And I did a few like replies to our members uh, inside Business by Design because I really enjoy that and, and love, you know, responding and coaching them in the group. Other than that, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. In fact, I didn't even want to talk business. Uh, there was a lot of entrepreneurs that were there on the island with me and they probably didn't even notice this, but I opted out of 95% of any business conversations. I wanted to keep my, my mind clear. I wanted to just 
put everything, leave everything back home. And I know that that's hard for you. I get it because it used to be really hard for me, but I cannot stress enough how important that is. And it really is such a perfect tie to this episode. The rest is the work that it was while I was there that I got to recharge. That's where the creativity, the new ideas, that's where they come from is when your minds are your mind is off of those. Oh, I got to do this. And oh, I'm not doing this. And I got to be doing <laughs> all that stuff. That's the thing that's killing off the thing that is ultimately going to be making you the money. Those new ideas, the innovation, the creativity, that imagination, that big aha. Right. And so I like to create space for that. It's also, you know, an experience that becomes like just a celebration as well. You know, when you have big wins in your life and business and it's anchored with an experience, I just think that's so valuable. But one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this trip is because I learned while I was there, if you were following my stories, how to kite surf. I was sharing with our uh, Business by Design members just the past week, the same story I'm going to share with you. So this sport, kite surfing, if we have any kite surfer, kite surfers here, listeners, what's up? Um, you know, I've been surfing for years now and I love surfing. And so I was not really excited to try this new sport. And so for people that don't know what it is, this is like you're on a board, like a wakeboard or a surfboard, and you have this giant harness, like a big, you know, like those like WWF belts that they have, like that size belt wrapped around your your torso. And on the end is a hook. And connected to that hook is a kite that's like the size of like a couch. I don't know. It's just big. It's big. It's like eight feet or something like that, right? Huge kite that's 50 feet or so in the air. And then the winds are up. And, then you know, don't YouTube this, but you could. There are like kite mares of people just being launched hundreds of feet, dragged across the beach, thrown into the air because of this thing. And, you know, this guy connects this kite to you and you can just feel its power. And so because there's so much that could go wrong, the moment you have this high-powered kite attached to your body. It's not like you're just holding onto it and you can let go. No, no, it's hooked to you. Because there's so much power, there's so much that could go wrong, this becomes a very, very technical sport to learn with a high, I, I, I don't know, like a, a higher learning curve, a higher barrier of entry, really to learning this part. It's not just something you just get up and go. In fact, there were about four sessions I had to do just learning, like learning how to fly the kite, understanding how the wind works, understanding how it's like basically like learning how to sail. You're doing these session after session. And I was like bored and frustrated. I was like, just come on, let's just do this already. Right. There's so much learning without actually doing the sport itself. And so it took like three or four days of that learning and learning. And I can imagine that is a lot like business. You're learning so much. And then there's so much more to learn. And it really can have such a steep learning curve. And then that day came where I was like, all right, we're going to put a board under your feet. We're going to do this. And so he puts me in the water. And for about 25 minutes, it's like 280 episodes of what I've been sharing with you out the window because I am like cussing up a storm. I am frustrated. I am angry because for 20 minutes straight, everything I had learned, I totally forgot. And I'm just impatient. I'm frustrated. I'm yelling. And there's like a little microphone set up 
to talk to your coach and I'm just like cussing into his ear. I'm like, God darn it, mother ever. Like, why can't I get this? I was so angry. And then my coach asked me to just stop. Just, all right, let go. Just stop. Take a moment. Just breathe. Relax. And kind of waited for me to calm down, which sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need a good coach or a podcast host to tell you to just, hey, let's just pause for a moment. Let's just stop. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Let it out. And let's start over. Remember everything you've learned. Put your right hand here. Grab the board here. Put your foot there. Now put your other foot there. Now look up. Do this. Do that. You got this. All of a sudden, I'm like, you're right. I do got this. I do what he tells me to do. And I'm up. (laughs) And I look down. I look up at the kite. I look down. And I am flying across the water. Like the water is just zooming by. Like if you're looking out the side of like a speedboat and you just see the water zooming by you. And I am just hauling. And then all of a sudden I am like hooping and hollering like a little kid. Like woo! And it was one I, I've been telling my friends that that experience of getting up and being pulled by the power of the wind, like Mother Nature, just flying along and just like effortlessly flying along. Like it didn't take any work for me. And it was just like, it's the wind. And, and it was like this light floating on the water. I've ranked as one of the top five most amazing experiences in my life from all the like fun sports and activities and hobbies I do is like top five. Unbelievable. And it, you know, something just clicked. It was like all that frustration all that learning, all that trial and error, all the failures, all the skidding, falling on my face and getting dunked under the water and water, you know, going in your mouth and like swallowing seawater, all that stuff. You're just like frustrated. It all paid off and it was all worth it. It was so worth it. Anyways, so this afternoon, I actually have another kite session with another coach locally planned. But I share this story because that's a lot like doing anything, especially business especially your business, except it can be even harder at times because you're doing something that you've never done before that's never been done before. I want to encourage you to remember that that's part of the process of this learning, falling, struggling, learning more. It take, it's taking longer than you thought it would take. You're going to get impatient. You're going to get frustrated. And it's your job. You know, you can get a good coach too, but it's your job to pause to stop, take that deep breath, kind of just let go for a moment and say, hold on, I got this. Let's try again. And that you already know, because you've heard me say it a million times, that your success is inevitable. It's only a matter of time before it does click for you. And it's your job to just try again. It's your job to say, I'm not giving up. Let me try and stand up again. And again, and again, until you get it. Because it's always, always worth it in the end. So just keep going. Now that experience for me brings us real beautifully into today's episode, which is about this whole idea of hard work and working harder. And there's a lot of people that will really, you know, yell at you through their videos that you're not working hard enough. Like that's what really ticks me off is like someone just telling you that the reason you're not successful is because you're not working hard enough. Now we've got two types of people. We've got the type of person that maybe is already like the workaholic type individual. And really that's who I was. 
we're going to talk to that person. And then look, there are people out there that you're, like you're lazy. It could be you. You're just like, I don't want, you don't want to work at all. You don't want to do anything. And you're going to need a different kick in the pants because those people are going to hear this message and be like, sweet. Oh, I love this episode because James just said, I don't have to do anything. That's not at all what I'm saying. Like I still come into the office every day. I'm still working and I give a hundred percent of what I got. I give it all I have. And there are hard days. There are challenges. There are things where it's like, oh, you got to push through. So I'm not telling entrepreneurs out there to just go binge another season of your favorite show on Netflix and eat some Cheetos and your business will magically create itself. Not in the slightest. But what we're really talking about is, and I think we should just define this like work hard. What does that mean? The working hard is like the degree in which the intensity of effort and the duration of effort. In other words, if your entire competitive advantage in the marketplace, like why me over anybody else, is because you work with more effort longer over a longer period of time at a higher intensity, and that is your competitive advantage, and that's the source of what will make you successful, you've missed the mark. Because we already know Two things. Number one, that there's someone out there who's working less than you. They're expending less of their personal effort over less time, and they're more successful. They're making more money. And we also know people that are working just as hard as you or harder for a longer period of time, and they have nothing to show for it. And so that's really what we're talking about when I say work hard. Now, things can be hard, but that's, you know, like, oh, that was really hard to do. Right. Like me learning how to kite surf was really hard for me to do. And I don't say, oh, because it's too hard, I'm going to give up. So that's a big distinction or difference that we have to make. Is that, yeah, that was it was hard for me to learn that because I was learning a lot of different things and it all had to work together. I had to understand the concepts of how the wind works. I'd understand like simple principles, but still very foreign to me of like sailing, like how a wind captures the kite and creates power and force. And then I had to learn how I control and move the kite. Then I had to learn things like balance. I had to be learned to be able to like not look at the kite, but look at where I was going, all these things. And it's this conscious incompetence of trying to consciously remember it's just like driving for the first time you're like okay wait where, where, where do I put my hands and where do I put my what do I do with my feet and then of course you're trying to drive a stick and it's a whole other layer of difficulty because it's new because it's new so something can be hard but there's different ways that we're describing the word hard level of difficulty or the experience of doing it could be hard but when I'm talking about hard work, I'm saying like, oh, just just relying on effort and pushing 14 hours a day. Anything that you do that you've never done before is going to be to some degree hard because it's new. You've never done it before. Just like anything that you're learning for the first time will be hard until it's not. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just this whole belief that we really want to look at where that comes from. Of The harder I work, the harder I push, the more effort is directly correlated to the level of achievement and success, results, money, impact. 
So where does that belief come from? Think about that for a moment. Just ask yourself that question. Where does that idea or belief come from that there is a direct correlation with effort and output and success? Even though despite that belief, we already know examples of people that are putting out more output, working harder than you, and they have nothing to show for it. Well, the short answer is that comes from an employee mindset. Really? I mean, we could say it comes from school, you know, work hard in school to be successful. But we were just told this from a young age and we apply that same belief to building a business. This is such a critically dangerous. I mean, it's really what this whole podcast has been about since the get go. But it's such a dangerous strategy to hold on to. It's a dangerous belief to hold on to in business. And you'll find out why more as we proceed. But if you're an employee, yeah, you should work hard because a lot of your value is going to come solely from the effort, how much you get done, how fast you do it. You know, that's a strategy for success as a career oriented individual, right? That makes sense. But if you spend your whole life learning how to play soccer and then tomorrow you decide to play football, did the rules of the game apply to both sports? No. Different sports, different rules, different strategies. And that's something that people really don't seem to get is that the moment you decide to be in business for yourself, it is not the same strategy. It's not the same game. The rules do not apply, my friend. They do not apply in the slightest. So we're going to start with a simple affirmation. Maybe you've heard me say it before, but you could just start with this, work from this, and forget everything else, which is the less I do, the more I make. As an entrepreneur, the less you do, the more you'll make. That's a beautiful affirmation, and it's a very beautiful, simple truth, because it's the moment you are working that your head is down and you're in effort employee mode in your business. And where the money is made is not in the effort, but it's from the, and we're going to bring in a whole energy woo-woo conversation as well, but it's from the head up. Where are we going? What's the vision? What's the new idea? What's the new connection? You know, that new, uh, that new relationship. You know, if you're so busy working that you're not connecting or networking or a part of masterminds and programs connecting with other people that you can have synergistic and profitable relationships with, but because you're too busy working, doing it all yourself, think about how much money you're leaving on the table just from that example, right? Where's the ideas come from? Where do the profitable ideas, creativity, innovation coming from if you're spending all day with your head down, right? Now, again, to the other side of the equation, the person that isn't working at all, isn't getting anything done, you can have a head full of ideas, million dollar ideas. And if they're not acted upon in 3D action reality, then doesn't really do anything for you. So work still has to be done obviously, right? So the way I look at myself as a coach to my students and clients at every level is really my goal. And this is important to to share and probably your goal as well. My goal is to make things simple, right? So I want to make business and marketing and growing your business as simple as possible. And I do. Business is simple. And it'll really be up to you that level of difficulty that you experience, of how hard it is. Like, I'll make it simple for you. And then you actually, it's on you 
and your choice, whether how easy the experience is of it or how hard of an experience or how difficult it is. So like, here's a great example. Let's say I give you a simple step-by-step process for how to do your first Facebook live. Now that could be really simple. It's like, open up your phone, click on the Facebook app, click on this button, and now you're live, right? That's pretty simple. And then you start to follow this simple plan. And right before you press that go live button, you hesitate. Your hand starts shaking. That thought pops up in your head. What do I say? What if I forget what I say? What if no one shows up? What if only one person shows up? What if they leave in the middle of this? What if I look like an idiot? What if my friends from high school see this? Right? That's a great example of you making this difficult. That's a great example of you making this harder than it needs to be. Right? But again, That's not the hard we're talking about. We're talking about just that effort of push, 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 push. Because what I see a lot of people doing, because I was doing it myself, is they're operating from that broken employee strategy of, well, if I just rely on harder work and effort, then I will be more successful. But here's just a big problem with that. First of all, if your effort is your competitive advantage, that's the lowest form of competitive advantage. Anybody can work harder than you. Because I look at my team and the team that we had, the most amazing team in the industry, and as a collective, well, I can just have more people on my team and then we'll automatically work harder than you. So if that's your competitive advantage, if that's what's going to get you to the top, that's like the lowest form of, a, of any type of competitive advantage. Like any, because anybody could beat that. They can just get another employee, right? They could produce more effort and output faster with just another person. You're working from a linear limited construct of time and energy. There's only so much time and energy and then you're making that your competitive advantage. But you only have so much time and energy. And even more importantly, it's not sustainable. But what I saw myself doing for years, and you may notice now yourself doing this, is that a lot of that working harder, producing more effort, staying busy, is all staying busy as a protection mechanism. It's a distraction. You are keeping yourself busy to distract yourself by staying on tasks and activities and projects that are within your comfort zone, right? This illusion of having this comfort zone. You're doing things that give you the illusion of being productive. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. Right. And it's usually like, you know, I can give a million examples, but I always like to joke and say, if I found my worst enemy, my biggest competitor, the worst thing I could do to sabotage their business is give them a to-do list of busy work that would keep them busy for two years and never make them a dime. I mean, I could do that right now. I could give you a list of things to do in your business that would keep you busy for the next year or so. And would never make you a dollar. And chances are you're already spending time, a lot of your time doing things like that. Things like improving your website. You know, oh, I got to redo my about me page now because it's, it's not updated. Yes, because that's what's going to drive revenue. Or I think we need a new logo or business cards. I got to update my LinkedIn profile and on and on and on. Oh, I got to go through my emails again. And on and on and on and on and on it goes. And the things that exist outside this comfort zone, you know, this phrase, this concept you've heard where you created, by the way, you created that comfort zone, right? You decided what is comfortable and uncomfortable. And then for most of us, we say, well, I don't want to do what's uncomfortable. Well, tough. You're an entrepreneur. That's your job. It's your job to do the uncomfortable. 
And so if you don't want to do the uncomfortable, don't be an entrepreneur. But so what we do is we say, well, there is this thing that exists outside my comfort zone that I absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt, this is at least happening at a subconscious level, that will grow my business. But look at all these other things I got to do. Let me go work on those. And then that keeps happening as a habit. That was happening to me, guys, for a long time. And I see it happening to a lot of other people. I don't want it to happen to you. I'm not trying to make you wrong or shame you for it. I'm saying, look, where do you think you're going to be a year from now if all you do is focus on those little busy things? It's, it's like the siren's call. It really is. It's always going to be calling to you. And it's this deception because at the end of every day, it will give you this physical feeling of productivity. Like, wow, I gave it my all today. I just gave it 100%. What, what a productive day. I really just left everything on the table today. And it'll almost give you like this sense of satisfaction. But it's, it's a deception. It's an illusion. Because those are the items that maybe move the ball a millimeter at a time, but took eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours to do. So you stayed busy. You got things done. You, you like actually crossed things off that list. But those things actually don't move the business forward. Those things aren't the things that actually get the results that you actually want. And then you do that for so long. And by the way, you're probably not even enjoying those things either. That's the crazy part too. A lot of these things in the comfort zone aren't even things we like. Like you actually like connecting your landing page to your email autoresponder software yourself and adding your thank you email with a link back to your download. That's, that's why you decided to go into business. It's like, I love doing that. I just want to do that all day. No, I hope not. Right. But it gives us that sense of like, we're productive. And then you're doing that day in and day out. And then you finally like pull your head up for six months of doing that. And you're like, I need to make some money. I have nothing to show for it. And now you know why, but I don't understand. I've worked so hard. I know you've worked hard, but it doesn't guarantee anything. I love to use a car analogy here because it's kind of like you're in a car and you want to go somewhere. You're point A and you want to get to point B. So you want to move the car. I mean, some people are getting out of the car and trying to push it. <laughs> it's like if a harder I push and then, of course, the car's going up a hill, right? Or you're trying to step on the gas. You're pushing harder on the gas and nothing's happening or it's maybe, maybe really slow. It's not until you realize that the brakes are on that we can finally let go of the brake. Usually the brakes in this metaphor are the beliefs, fears, and worries that we have that are preventing us from doing the things that we know we need to be doing. This is what I call the 5% activities. The 5% of activities that demand 100% of your attention that you're most likely denying. These are the things that are most directly responsible for giving you the business that you want, the results that you so badly want. But they're scary. That's why they exist outside your comfort zone. They're the things you've been resisting. They're the things you've been putting off. The things you've been ignoring. There really is a sense of comfort we get, most of us. I did. Familiarity, safety that we get from that feeling of staying busy. And I'll tell you, when I first started like working less, whew, there was a real sense of uncomfortableness coming up. I should be doing more. This doesn't feel right. It shouldn't be like this. The less I do, the more I make. Oh, no, no, no. I can't, I can't do that. Is that just, I don't like how that feels. I feel guilty. I feel 
Like the floor is falling out from under me. That's good. Stay with that uncomfortableness. To bring a little bit of an energy conversation, I love the quote from Abraham Hicks. It says, no amount of action will ever compensate for a lack of alignment. What do we mean by alignment? We mean alignment of the thing that you desire, the destination where you want to go is aligned completely with your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, and your actions. When there is not alignment, there is struggle. Yeah, that's crazy. I was listening to a podcast recently that had Bruce Lipton on, and he talks about that struggle, like that persistent struggle. Again, you're learning something new. I get that. But that persistent struggle actually is the indicator that there's a, uh, to use his words, wrong programming. And by wrong programming, we mean the beliefs don't align, no alignment, with the outcome, the worries, the fears. And so what do people do? They go, well, I'll just push harder. I'll just work longer. I'll just force it. That doesn't actually solve the problem. So the less I do, the more I make. The less you do, the more you make. Another great metaphor is like, let's say your goal is to dig a hole, right? If you dug that hole with a shovel, that would be a lot of work, right? And you're like, if I work harder at digging this hole, then that guy or that gal, I'll be successful digging the hole. I'll get there faster. It'll be a bigger hole because I've worked harder. You're like, yes, right, James? You can't ignore that. It's, it's going to take some hard work to dig that hole. And then, of course, someone else comes along and they've got one of those giant earth-moving digger machines. And with one scoop, they've already dug a bigger hole than what you've been working on for the last two to three hours. You know, and that's really what we're talking about in a lot of ways which brings in that concept of, oh yeah, don't work harder, work smarter. Yeah, but it goes so far beyond that. In fact, even when I hear that, I, I can just feel people going, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, for starters, working smarter is about leverage. It's again, detaching this, well, I'll just, you know, put in the old elbow grease and dig in and we'll force and push until something budges. It's about pausing. It's about using your creativity. It's about using your, your mind, your problem-solving abilities to think of a better, easier way. Because if there is that struggle there, as Bruce Lipton said, there is some faulty programming there. There is some belief that does not align with the outcome you want. And if you think you can still be out of alignment and then compensate with more action and effort, you got a whole nother thing coming. It's like that metaphor of the, uh, which you've probably seen sometime in your life, right? Where the bee or the fly is stuck in your, in your house and it's trying so hard to leave, to get out. And it keeps banging its head on the glass. And you're just sitting there like you want to help it too, right? So you like open the window, but it doesn't see the crack in the window that you've opened and it just keeps hitting the glass. That's what so many of us are doing in our business is that we go, okay, if I just keep hitting the glass, eventually I'll get through. Or maybe if I get a running start, or maybe if I hit it harder or faster, then I will definitely get through. And I'll get through to the other side. How's that working for you? If the little insect here could just pause for just a moment, just like surrender, just like let go and take a breath for just a moment. And maybe, maybe because this little bug took a moment to pause that would allow this little bug to get present and instead keep focusing on the problem 
I can't get through. I can't get through. I got to push harder. I got to push harder. Instead of focusing on the problem, could just pause. And maybe in that pause would notice, oh, over here on my left, there's an opening. And this opening doesn't require all that banging my head against the glass, pushing harder and harder. Oh, there's an easier way. But we get so fixated on the way. This is the way, and I'm just not pushing hard enough. That must be what it is. Let me try harder. Let me go faster. Let me struggle more. But what if, just for a moment, that that struggle is the indicator that there is a lack of alignment in our beliefs? Faulty programming. Until we pause to recognize that, we're just going to keep hitting that glass wall. Now, another reason why this episode becomes a very passionate one, and again, there's always that disclaimer. There are people out there that are avoiding action at all. Like I like to say, yeah, I'm lazy, but I produce results. Our business produces results. If you're not producing any results and you're not doing anything, don't expect that just like, oh, if I just like close my eyes more and envision the business, it'll all magically happen. There is still action required. We live in 3D world. Action is required. Decisions must be made. Even if it's like phoning up that person or doing that interview to hire that person, that's still action. 3D action is required. So I'm not saying do nothing, sit on your couch and close your eyes and magical things will just appear and be done for you. No, 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 no. But I'm really talking to that person that has, you know, been a bit of the workaholic because I've been the workaholic. And why this becomes such a passionate episode for me is because what I see is that what happens is this. We create a goal like I want to do this. And then as we get really, really honest with us ourselves, We realize that on some level, we don't feel like we're worthy or deserving of that goal. Like we don't really feel like we're worthy of it. And if we believe this, which is already the first lack of alignment, you realize that if you don't feel like you're worthy of deserving of something, you won't actually get it. Or if you do, you'll lose it as soon as you get it. That also brings up the whole like upper limit problem from the big leap. You get something that you don't feel you're deserving of it. You're going to sabotage it. But all that is just belief anyways. Okay. And we can talk more about that. But what we then do is we say, okay, I want this thing. Step number one, boom, I want this thing. And then number two, you just like have this thought, this belief that you don't even feel as a belief. It just must be true. None of it's true. It's all nonsense, but I don't deserve this thing. And then step number three, a lot of us create a strategy and we think we're so sneaky and smart because I've been here, I've done this of how we're going to become deserving of it. So what's your strategy? for becoming worthy or deserving of this thing that you want. Effort. Working for it. How many times have you said or been the recipient of something like this? And this, this actually like is my pet peeve today. If I were to sit there and say, I'm going to Fiji next week, so excited, put it on Facebook, and then someone inevitably will say, good for you, you deserve it. Right? We actually live in a culture where we reinforce that link of deservedness and effort all the time all the time you deserve it you've been working your butt off wow can we just think about that can we just like stop and pause for a moment because i did a video on this about a year ago and people wanted to murder me i literally got death threats from this talking about how your deservedness and worthiness has nothing to do with how much you work Oh, people were so angry. Why? Because people's entire survival strategy to be deserving of everything in their life was, was to just sacrifice everything and work harder and longer. 
But I'm telling you right now, number one, everything you want and desire in your heart that you truly want that was born within you, you are already worthy and deserving of it. You are already absolutely 100% deserving and worthy of it. Not 99%, not 95%, not almost there. Already, 100%. 100% deserving and worthy of it. So anything that we do to compensate, like, I got to do this so that I am worthy and deserving of it. That's one reason why we feel guilty and uncomfortable when we're not working, because we, we, that belief starts to creep in. Anything that you're doing to compensate is like you in the middle of the desert chasing after a mirage. You're working towards a strategy of if I work more, I'll be deserving. That's a total illusion. And it's very scary. It's a very scary, dangerous path because you've told yourself, well, if I do this much work, then I'll be deserving. And then you'll do that much work. And guess what? You still won't feel deserving. And so you'll work more and you'll work longer. And even when you receive the results or money you want, you'll still feel undeserving of it. You'll find ways to sabotage it. I found myself doing that. So let's look at this from a few ways. If this resonates with you, if this is like, okay, this is what I've been doing. Good for you for noticing that and having that level of self-awareness because it took me a very, very long time. The first thing is like, let's just look at it from this simple concept, right? And maybe you've heard me talk about this before. If anyone who's a mother, uh, father, or just like has held a newborn baby in your arms, did you look at that baby and say, you little cute baby are not worthy. You are not deserving because you haven't worked a day in your life. Has anyone done that? Like people laugh when I say that, but think about it. No, you probably look at that baby and you say, I want to give you the world, especially if it's your kid, right? I want to give you the world. You deserve the biggest and best and the most amazing. So if you didn't look at that child and say that, and the child wasn't born with that, then that means you learned it. You learned. You just decided one day, probably very young age. You just decided, oh, I've got to, uh, you know, be deserving of something. I'm not deserving yet. Step one, I decided I'm not deserving or I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. And then step two, we decided there must be some strategy to become deserving, worthy or enough. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, that's why we became entrepreneurs. It comes down to effort and working more effort, the more struggle, the more I push, the more I put myself last, my health, my sanity, everything, then maybe that will prove something to the world that I am enough, that I am deserving of it. Like everyone's out there measuring daily how much output you're putting out, right? Like there's some council of people that are, okay, perfect. She put out this much effort. She is deserving of this now. You can cash in your, your work and struggle for this much deservedness. Thank you, right? It's silly when we say it this way. But here's another way to look at it as well, just to kind of look at this from multiple angles. First, you know, if you said you wanted a million dollar business, I'm going to tell you right now, having a million dollar business doesn't put a million dollars in your bank account. Did you know that? Did you know that? That most businesses out there don't run a um, 100% profit margin. <laughs> businesses take money. Like there are costs. Even if it's like, I got to spend 150 bucks a month on Kajabi or whatever it is. There are expenses from the day you open a business, right? So... First off, the goal you have for the revenue of the business is not what like just goes into your personal bank account. It goes into the business and that money is used as a tool to grow the business and make more impact. So I want you to consider it like this. 
Look at the business that you have right now. Look at the work that you're doing. Look at the, the why behind why you're doing it. Maybe it's to give your family the best life. Maybe it's because you really are committed to service and impact and wanting to help more people. And if you had $10 million more in your business bank account, would you be able to fulfill on those whys at a bigger level? In other words, would you be able to help more people? Would you be able to create a greater impact? Would you be able to grow the business, hire more team, improve your local economy, give your team raises, reach new people? Yes, you would. You absolutely would. What does any of that have to do with your personal level of deservedness? Nothing. Money is a tool. When you use that tool in certain ways, the ways that it's intended, you use that money to help more people. Today, our business is bigger than it was five years ago. We help more people. We reach more people. We have a bigger Instagram account. We spend more on Facebook ads. We have reach more people with our podcast. Everything. Our audience, bigger because we spend more money on paid advertising and we spend more money on a team to do more things that I could not ever possibly do by myself. The conversation of worthiness and deservedness of how much money we're making never comes into play for me because I know the truth that the more money we make, the more people we get to help. The more money you make, the more income you attract, the more impact you get to have. On every level. I'm talking about impact with your family because their quality of life gets improved. You're not just doing this for yourself. The impact on the quality of life of your team and the impact on your audience and your customers. Not just customers, but audience too. Or is your entire survival strategy in business to just work yourself to the bone so that you can convince somebody, prove to somebody who I don't even know that you're worthy enough of everything you want. It's a broken strategy it's a dangerous path that does not end well. Let's look at it from another angle. We talked about this in my free video series. Do you know your hourly rate? Do you know how much an hour of your time is worth? It's really simple. You take your goal. Let's say you want $200,000 in revenue next year in your business. And the simple thing we can do is divide by 2,080 hours. That's like how many working hours there are in a year. And that'll come up to roughly about $100 an hour. Something like that, Right. So I think, quite frankly, everybody listening, number one, you need to know what your hourly rate is. But number two, it should be at least $500 an hour. At least $500 an hour. Okay. So when we're relying on all this work hard and effort, that's you doing the working hard and effort, which means you're taking you out of your zone of genius, out of what only you can do, which are the $500 an hour tasks to go work on a $10 an hour task, which means every time you are working hard, instead of working out of alignment, instead of working smarter, it is costing you $490 for every hour that you choose to rely on efforting. Someone that could have done this for a few dollars an hour, someone who could have done this for $10 an hour, even $15 an hour, is going to cost you however much you know your hourly rate is. And your hourly rate for everyone I'm listening to, should be at least $500 an hour. I would encourage you as fun little homework assignment to really uncover and identify what is your hourly rate. You just take, I mean, just to keep it super simple, is you just take your revenue goal for the next year and you divide it by the amount of hours that you want to work or the business wants to work. And that's one very, very simple way we can look at it. It's a very simple way. 
to look at it. And look, sorry, folks, but the math don't add up. You can't spend eight hours a day doing $10 an hour tasks and expect to hit that goal you want because the math just don't add up. So I hope I've made a case for you that working harder, relying on effort solely as an entrepreneur will be the biggest thing, if you haven't seen already, that's preventing you from growing, from getting to the next level in your business that you want, and quite frankly, can be keeping a lot of people broke. Now, the really exciting thing too, speaking about this, is that we have all these new amazing members inside a business by design. And one of the things that, and they fight me tooth and nail on this. Oh my gosh, they fight me so much. And I love it. One of the things though, that those that are open and coachable start doing right away is they start hiring their team, even if it's their first part-time virtual assistant. And so I start getting all of these messages from our students and how their lives have changed, even just in a few weeks since we've closed down the doors, since they've got their first virtual assistant. I just want to share one that came in actually that I read this morning. This is from uh, Amanda and Malaya. Their Instagram handle is Sisters That Stray. They're nutrition and mindset experts. And they uh, sent me a post. They said, We just hired our first VA. It's only day one of having a virtual assistant, and we absolutely get it now. It is already freeing up so much of our time to focus on the big picture things in our business. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of my favorite things is like people will really resist it. I'm not there yet, right? I'm not ready that. Have you ever considered that the only reason you're not there yet or ready yet is because you're trying to do it all yourself? You're never going to be there wherever there is when you're spending. I mean, you will eventually. Just for most people, they can't sustain that. It's just none of that's sustainable. But you're not there yet. Because you've been trying to do it all yourself. Let it go. All right. I hope this will inspire your butt into some action. Whether it's just to identify what your hourly rate is. Whether it's to identify what things that you've been distracting yourself with and keeping yourself busy with. Whether it's like just committing to doing something that has been a bit outside your comfort zone that's a 5% activity. Whether it's just to just focus on getting more alignment in your life. And dropping a lot of those fears and worries that's keeping you safe and comfy in that little comfort zone. Something, anything. But it's been great hanging out. It's been great chatting about this with you. It's great to have another solo episode. Just you and I again. We've got more amazing episodes and content coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. So if you haven't subscribed already, OMG, make sure to do so now. Hang out with me on Instagram, say hello, share your feedback, your biggest takeaway from this episode. Make sure to tag me, do a story, DM me, whatever, on the grams, because we're on there all the time. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think 
act and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be. So you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.